You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 37, and today I get to introduce you to my friend, Kristen Shell. She writes over at kristenshell.com, and any links we talk about, you can find over in the show notes at godcentermom.com. Now, the reason I'm having Kristen on the show is to introduce to you some new thoughts and some new ideas in the area of hospitality. And I know for me, sometimes I just kind of get bogged down with thinking that in order to be hospitable, I have to throw big parties and make elaborate meals. And just the thought of it freezes me and I just don't do anything. And Kristen, just knowing her, she's given new meaning to hospitality for me. It It's from the moment I met her, she made me feel at home. Her warmth and her conversation and just just a feeling of belonging is what true hospitality is. And in this episode, we talk about two different areas that I wanted her to share with y'all. One is um, her Sunday suppers. And it's this great thing that she did for us. She took all of the planning work out of it. Um, On her site, she has links to 52 different menus Um, for 52 different Sundays. You can get together with your family and just gather around the table and enjoy good food and and not have to worry about planning the meal. Now, you'll still have to go to the grocery and you'll still have to cook it. She's not going to do that for you. But to me, planning is half or more than half the battle. We're also going to talk about the turquoise table, which you may have seen on my Instagram feed or on Facebook. Me mention the turquoise table hashtag. Um, It all started with Kristen. And I just wanted you to hear the story straight from her. And um, you'll even hear a little bit of my story with it. But it's a great way to just engage with your neighbors in a really simple way. And I just hope that this episode paints a picture of some little things you can add to your family, not a burden, but just kind of to change your perspective. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Kristen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. And you have all kids in school. Is that right? All kids in school. Can you imagine? Well, yours are too. No, no, no. Not yet? No, mm -mm. no, I'm, this this is my year of always having children with me. Um, they all have the craziest schedules, so that. <sighs> but it's it's called the year of the little ones get one on one time with mom. So so awesome. It's something. I mean, it's it's an investment year, is what I call it. So, yeah, but no, like alone time for me. I'm so sorry. Hey, you know, it's what it's gonna be. I well, have, then, yeah, it's gonna be. Thank fun. you for taking a few minutes out to have alone time with me. Well, I have a napper and I have a and I have a Lego player, and they're fine. They're very yeah. content. They're very content. Okay. But um, why don't you introduce everyone who's listening to your family? Yes. Well, 
I um, have been happily married to my husband, Tony, for 18 years, and we have four little ones. Um, or actually, I call them the littles. When I first started <laughs> blogging, you know, Tony was so funny. He um, he wanted me to remain anonymous. And so I have forever and always referred to him as husband on the blog and then the littles. And the littles are not so little anymore. Will just started high school last wow. week. So he's in ninth grade. Anna is in seventh grade. Ellie is in sixth grade. So I have um, one in high school, two in middle school, and then littlest, who is who is just the littlest, is um, Sarah is seven, and she just started second grade. And she's so stinking cute. I mean, they're all cute, but she's just <laughs> like angelic cute her little face she's she's the one that doesn't mind um me posting her picture in fact she often poses in the hopes that I will post a picture of hers (laughs) clearly um clearly she's not camera shy that's awesome oh wow and um Kristen I met you know you mentioned the blogging but we met via blogging at a conference and um Kristen you live in Austin yes so we had the Texas connection I think we met on flights going to the conference. Yeah. Yeah. And then once we got there, kind of just kept connecting. And I just really fell in love with your warm nature and your kindness and had no clue that you were originally from Dallas. Yes. Your stomping grounds now. My new home. I've made four Dallasites and it is its own culture. We were kind of chatting about that before we started recording, but it's its own place. And you kind of have to be from Dallas to get Dallas. And yes. you kind of grew up in the heart of it, like in the the upper the upper class portion of Dallas, I, right? I did. I did. I grew up smack dab in the middle of Dallas. And not only did I grow up in Dallas, I grew up in the Dallas in, in Dallas during the 1980s. Right. Um, so it was big. Everything was big. Big D. So, um, so life was big in Indiana, like big bangs and big big shoulder pads and big things were big in Indiana. Yeah. And that's saying a lot. I can't even imagine what Dallas was like then. And the oil boom, was that an it, oil time? Yeah. I, you know, I guess. I don't know I don't what know, it all it was, wasn't. but it's just, it was surreal. Whatever yeah. it was, it was surreal. Okay. Was, and you told me you went to one of the all-girls schools here. I did. I went to an all-girls school in Dallas called, named Hockaday. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's where I, did. I went to high school. Yeah. And, um, and one of my favorite stories, will you tell it? <laughs> is this is this the one where I have to talk about how I flunked French? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Ooh, that That's one. my favorite. Tell that one. Well, I'll tell that one. Yes, um, I um, I did. I flunked French. I actually came dangerously close to flunking French my sophomore year in high school. Um, flunking was not an option. No. And so um, the headmaster called my parents. Actually, it was more like a summon. And um, they, you know, I'm the oldest of three. And so he called uh, my parents in who were doe-eyed and, oh my gracious, you know, what has our daughter done? And, um, they were probably very relieved to find out that I had was flunking French. Um, but that was not acceptable, like I said. And so they recommended, um, a, a solution. And the solution was that I would spend the summer with a host family in a small town in France, um, so that I could come back and, um, and continue on with my education without the blemish of a D on my transcript. So, and um, that is that's actually what you do. Uh, that's yeah. what you do. I mean, when you told do. me that, I was like, 
No, you're kidding, right? You know, my parents still, my dad still scratches his head and goes, oh, I, I mean, we we never saw that one coming, you know? I mean, because there was nobody to warn them, oh, don't go to that meeting, you know, because yeah. you're going to get, you know, for sure that's a junket. And, um, you know, which is, it, which is hilarious. But, and but the truth is, it turned out to be a good thing. Well, did you know? As God, as we know, God always, you know, kind of has these um, these wonderful trajectories in our lives, and that was one of one for me. I mean, and it really it did set the course. Um, at the time, it was miserable, um, mm-hmm. but for me, it set the course and, and laid the foundation um, for much of what my ministry um, and just enjoyment in life is now. So, and the reason why I. I mean, I haven't told y'all why I wanted Kristen on the show besides the fact that she's an awesome mom, but she, when she writes, she often writes about food and hospitality and, um, that love. And like you said, your ministry really came from this time in France, yeah. which is well, so cool. So cool. So tell us it, what was it in France that inspired you that brought that out of you? You know, um, it, the very first thing, I mean, I didn't speak the language, obviously, if I was, you know, flunking French. And, um, and so, you know, it gave me at the time I had no idea I was scared to death. Um, but it, it gave me in hindsight and what it really, you know, what the Lord started growing in me was a passion, um, not only for food and for the table, um, the, the French sit down, um, it's, it, you know, and eat, um, two hours, um, for lunch every single day. Mm. Um, and then again in the evening, and that was obviously not a custom, um, that I was used to growing up. I mean, it was convenience where I was from and, and faster is better. And although my mother is a cook and we had, you know, some, some really nice meals, it wasn't the focus of our day. Mm. And, um, and so it, living in France all those years ago, it, it gave me, um, a sense of a rhythm of, of a slower pace, um, and one that was very family centric. Mm. Um, and like I said, our family wasn't not, um, you know, into these things. It just didn't have, um, it just didn't have that um, centered feel um, that it had when I was living in France. And I was a stranger. So here I was, a foreigner, um, living, you know, in someone else's home and spending this incredibly intimate, wonderful, you know, time of family and fellowship with them. And mm. so it just, it opened my eyes um, at the, you know, young age of 15 and um, obviously has left a, um, a big impression because that's something that I, um, I desire very much still in our own family life. So great. So great. And I, and I do think the trick as we talk about Dallas and even just modern days, almost every city is that the pace of America is so fast, oh, right? Yes. I mean, there's the European the European things, the way of life, even in Italy now, I think is still pretty slow paced. And I don't know about France, but I know a friend that just went to Italy and that was what struck her too, is just the time stands still there and they're in the present moment more. So how did you transfer what you learned back to the States? I mean, I know you were a high schooler then, but how even now, and as you've had your family, have you kind of brought those values home? Well, I wish I could tell you I figured it out. <laughs> I think we should all just pack up and move to France. How about that? Yay! Um, tickets yay, in the mail. Okay, Everybody email me the, at... <laughs> this is the Oprah moment Oprah where Heather gets the Under your chairs, you will find... <laughs> 
So since that isn't um, this show, that must be the next <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't have all the answers. Um, I do know that it that it doesn't just happen and that you have to be intentional. Um, and so some of what, you know, we've tried to do in our family um, is, is um, we have you know, one, we eat together several nights a week. Um, but there's one night a week where we are more intentional about it. And, um, and, and it's nothing fancy, you know, it's not that I, I make anything super elaborate that night. It's just, and it used to be Friday nights. Now we're in the throes of Friday night football. Um, and so we've, we've moved our family suppers to Sunday nights. Um, and those Sunday nights have created a rhythm that really the rest of the week hinges upon. And so it's not that daily, you know, meal that the French have that's from 12 to two. It's, it's, it's a, um, it's a once a week supper, um, that carries over to Wednesday morning. And, you know, even, um, Lord willing, sometimes at three o'clock and when I'm not so nice in the carpool line, you know, um, but it's just a time to reconnect and focus, um, and to enjoy good food too. Like I did, I went to cooking school, nothing, you know, famous or, or names that anybody could Google to find find out. But, um, but I did go to cooking school. Um, and even that was super organic. Um, it was organic before organic was a word. Um, and before farmers, not in a, like, like no chemicals or organic in a, like it just comes in both because the way the village that I lived in, um, you could only cook what was available from the farmers. And so on the Wednesday market, we would go to market and whatever was there was literally what you were going to, you know, cook from that week. And so organic in the sense that there were no pesticides or, or, or any, you know, the, the icky things that we find in food now because they didn't exist, but also organic in that it's just, it's just kind of, oh, well there's hen, we're going to have hen this week or, oh, there's going to create from there. Exactly. And kind of so, like a top chef or like a, um, what's the, the chop? Yeah, chop. exactly. You get Here's this basket, it's like exactly. make something with this. You've exactly. got Except some beads and you've got a cinnamon <laughs> and make something. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's great. So you were in school in France. I was in school. So, so, so that was when I flunked French, I actually came back and, um, and, and I, my most proud day, and I know we're not supposed to be proud, but this was just too good was when I actually came back from college to visit, um, the, the head of the French department and told her that I had majored in French and that I, that I I successfully have a diploma, um, with French as my major on it. And so that was a big coup for me. And she actually was one of my biggest supporters. And, you know, I thank her, I thank her for, um, for almost failing me because, um, it really did become sort of one of those watershed moments in my life. Mm. Wow. That is so cool. So you, okay. So high school, almost fail, go to Mm -hmm. France, come back, major in college and studied cooking. When? I I went back then as my, for my junior year abroad. Okay. Okay. And then again, I, after, um, after I had worked for two years, um, um, at, you know, post-graduation. And um, I worked in Washington, D.C. for a couple of years. And then I knew that, you know, if I was ever going to do something, go back to France, that I needed to do it, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, and so I did. I took a year and, and went um, after I had graduated. So I've lived there on three different occasions. And wow. and just, it's just part of, of who I am. Although don't ask me to speak French because right now it's really, really, really bad. <laughs> Did any of your kids, are they taking it? Is your son going to take it in high school? No, they're all taking Spanish, which is awesome. I mean, and 10 million times more practical for us. But yeah, yeah, but no, I don't have a French speaker, but I do have two little budding chefs. So 
That's awesome. That's exciting. Yes, I love to to experiment with me in the kitchen. So your Sunday night dinners, and I've heard other moms of older kids say that that's a really good time to set aside, that it's easier for their kids' social calendars and yes. sports calendars to kind of have that be a marked off place. Um, even if something fun shows up, like to just really set that aside. But didn't you have like a, a thing you were doing uh, Sunday I, night? Yes. It, okay. it was called 52 Sunday Suppers. And so my neighbor and good friend, Susie Davis and I, um, about a year and a half ago, um, sort of challenged each other. She was at a different stage in her life with, um, kids that had all sort of graduated from, 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 uh, from high school and were all in college or out of college. And, you know, I was sort of in the throes of it with littles. Um, but we needed that encouragement because it's hard. It is hard. And, yeah. you know, we, I mean, we joked about it earlier. It shouldn't be so hard mm. to have time for supper. I right. mean, come on. And we all crave it and we all want it and we all need it. And then, you know, another, you know, we, Susie and I joked, you know, a month of Sundays goes by and you haven't sat down for that meal. Mm. And so we got intentional about it. And then we realized that, you know, if we needed all this help and we're having such a hard time, you know, chances are other women were too. And so we did, we did a year long blog series, um, with just, we would post simple recipes and conversation starters and prayers and just things that you already know, but, you just don't have time to think about. And so, you know, our hope was that it was an offering that if it was sort of in one easy place for you to gather and it was an easy meal, um, that it would be an encouragement to, to other mothers, um, who are trying to sort of hang on to that, um, you know, that sacred, you know, ritual called family dinner. Well, and I know some women are like, I've cooked all week. Sunday's my day off. We go out to eat for lunch and then kids get whatever they want. That's just left overnight on Sundays or like, I think my family did pizza night on Sunday nights, Yeah, but I can see the value in it, but I do think it would take me adding it to my grocery list. Like not just planning meals for the week, but like adding that meal into the list of groceries. And so that would be helpful. So can I add that link to our show notes? Absolutely. It's a site or is it just? It's actually, well, it was our, it was on my blog and it's on on both of our blogs. It's just a drop down menu and it's 52 Sunday suppers, but you know, and, and that's part of it. You know, there's seasons for everything. And I just want people to hear loud and clear, grace, grace, grace. Um, you know, there was a season when all we did was order pizza and the kids loved it. I mean, for, for our family meals, that, that one special one, because you're right. I mean, if you've cooked all week long and you know, that is not, there's nothing, you know, relaxing or enjoyable then about that, then do it, just do whatever works. The point is just to have some intention, intentionality about gathering, um, you know, just, just for that one meal that, um, that really sets precedent. And then one kind of becomes two and then two becomes three, you know how that works. Well, and I think that it, I found like even my husband's family and my family, we both grew up in homes where we sat around the table and talked even when food was done. Like yeah. when food was gone, yes. we still sat around and talked and, and it's carried into now when we get together with his siblings or my siblings and my parents, like people still do it as adults now because that's what they knew growing up and they, they like it. That's a great time to talk. It's not about really the eating, but right. the share. And there's so much research about, you know, sharing meals together. But I think, I think having, I think that it is grace that you're giving people to have the one meal because I think probably mm-hmm. a lot of people have the pressure. We should be eating every meal together at night. And if they're not doing that, they feel like they failed and that there's no hope. But this is almost like a, 
a way to get started and get a taste of it. And they might add more in when they realize, well, that, you know, that was really beneficial. Maybe we need to cut out a sport or cut out an activity so we can be home on Tuesday nights or whatever it is. So I think you're giving hope. Well, thank you. Yes. Okay. So another thing that you gave me hope on that I want to hit before our interview is up is something that, you know, some of my readers may have seen in my Instagram feed, but maybe not my blog readers have seen um, something called a turquoise table. Yes. Can you tell everyone what the turquoise table is in your home? Yes, I can. Oh, my goodness. God is so we know he's good, but he is also just winsome and quite frankly, funny sometimes. So growing up in Dallas that we touched on, I have, uh, I have the gift of hospitality. Um, but I didn't want the gift of hospitality because I wanted one of the smart gifts, you know, like wisdom (laughs) or prophecy or teaching Teaching, or something like that. Right. And so, um, and I also, because I grew up in Dallas and entertainment was, you know, with a big fat E entertainment. Um, I confused entertainment with hospitality mm. and I still do. I mean, mm. I, my default is entertainment and that's mm. just, you know, it, it, old habits die hard. And so the Lord has just been gracious and and how he has taught me um, to differentiate between entertainment and hospitality because the two are, they're not even like, you know, distant cousins. They're just not related. <laughs> and, um, and so, um, because I'm a slow learner, um, and because he has called me with the gift of hospitality, he was going to make sure that it, no matter what, I was going to learn this lesson. And so, um, <laughs> I was struggling truthfully with hospitality. And um, in that, you know, I, I was trying to have, you know, small groups in our home and, and intentional about inviting neighbors and other people in for dinner. Um, super hard with four young children, super hard with an introverted husband. Mm. And so I was like, you know, God, this is, this is more tension and you're not a God of tension and you're not a God of confusion. And so if you really want me to live out hospitality um, and take, you know, Romans 12, 13, um, you know, which says, take every opportunity to open up your life and home to others. um, Seriously, you're going to have to teach me and I surrender all that I know. Mm. Show me. Mm. And so literally, I mean, I mean, I don't even know how, I mean, a few days later, um, I was actually giving a huge party in the backyard and I had no backyard furniture, um, because I just couldn't make, I was in analysis paralysis. I couldn't make up my mind what I wanted. And so because of this backyard party, I ordered, um, off of just Lowe's, you know, just a a simple, simple picnic table. It's a plain unfinished wooden picnic table. And, um, and it was delivered the next day. And y'all, when I saw that table, I wept. It was a Holy spirit moment that came over me because I knew that this was more than a picnic table. This was God's answer. Mm. And, um, and I painted that table, um, bright turquoise and I took it out of the backyard after the party and put it in the front yard right on the edge of our street um, which is and it's not a busy street but there's but there's plenty of traffic um and I started you know I, I was you know led to just start doing ordinary things outside and so at first I'd go out and have a cup of coffee in the morning you know at the turquoise table and maybe read some emails and then I started maybe spending some of um you know things I would do inside outside and it's become this gathering place in our neighborhood. People mm. stop. They're curious. And there's something welcoming about turquoise. Um, it's it's cheery. It's inviting. Mm. And, and it started this sort of this this mini revolution in our in our in our neighborhood. Um, 
with neighbors coming out and gathering. And mm. um, we've done celebrations and birthday parties now at the turquoise table. Um, we have um, we have a, 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 a deal we did, kind of a tradition now we do on Fridays called Front Yard Fridays. Mm, and um, super idea. easy. There's no, nobody's in charge. And um, we just sort of come outside and it's potluck. And sometimes there's a lot of food and sometimes there's just popsicles for kids. Um, but it's just we're starting to come out from behind our, you know, sort of garage doors, um, and waving, you know, in yeah. the street. And, um, and really, you know, the turquoise table, um, is teaching me the great commandment, how to love God and how to love others. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's exciting. That's so awesome. And I haven't really written about my experience. I just kind of put a couple pictures on Instagram, like I said, but I saw your post and another friend of ours, Logan's post, yeah. about the turquoise table. And I told you, Kristen, I like texted you. I'm like, okay, what's up with this? And you won't even believe, but I saw your picture and immediately our across the street neighbor has a sign up that says picnic tables for sale, $75 each. And he's got like five of them out there. <gasps> five. I know. And my husband was in London at the time on a business trip, but I talked to the boys about it and I was like, what do you think? Do you want to get one for our front yard? Would that be fun? And they like loved the idea. And I was like, well, I got to get daddy's okay on this. And right. It's kind of a big piece of furniture for your front yard. And, and bright. Like, and slightly bright. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he, I got the okay from him, called the number that was on the little sign, talked to this neighbor. And he's a big personality, this neighbor. And he was like, so did you just move in? Girl, we have lived in that house almost 11 years. Mm -hmm. 11 years. And I've talked to him before. He just didn't remember. That's how memorable I am. But <laughs> so, but he, since I did meet him maybe seven years ago and we talked for an extended period of time, has changed his life around. When I met him seven years ago, he was a bartender and his schedule was flipped, right? So he was sleeping during the day and working at night. And that's why we never saw him. Well, he has totally turned his life around is what he says. He's like, I'm, I've kind of got rid of the wild side of me and these tables. It was like a beer garden in my backyard. And these I built these tables for a bar and they didn't ever pay me. So I'm selling them. I mean, are you kidding? Wow. Yeah. And he just keeps pouring out information about, you know, girlfriends, ex-wives, mm -hmm. sons, mm -hmm. um, story after story. And I told him I wanted to paint it turquoise and have it out front so people could gather there. And he was like. Well, I have a paint gun you can borrow. Oh. Like, Are you kidding me? Awesome. Texted you what color. You said Sherman Williams. There's nifty. one. Yeah, nifty turquoise. Nifty turquoise if you all want to yeah. get your own table and paint it. And I'm not even kidding you because that even to me is a task when you have four kids to go get paint. Like I right. was like, really? I probably won't paint it for a long time because that's a big task. No, there's a Sherman Williams right around the corner <laughs> from us. And so I get home from our family camp and I'm like, maybe I'll paint it because it's like 70 degrees randomly in Dallas in July, right? When is it ever yeah. 70 degrees in July? Never. Never. And I'm like, this would be a good time to be outside painting. So I go to the Sherman Williams, 40% off paint. I mean, when you texted me that, I was like, oh my goodness. I Are mean, you kidding? yeah, you have to do this. I have to do this. <laughs> you have to do this. So that next morning, that Monday morning, I'm out there and the boys are helping me spray because spray paint, they can totally, they just hit the gun and they're like off and it doesn't really matter. It's an outdoor table yeah. if it's messy, but it, they did awesome. Jeff was out there selling bikes now. Our oh, neighbor. Wow. Yeah. He's quite the salesman now. He sold like 10 bikes from his front yard. At that time, but he's out there, he's helping me get it going. And then randomly, like a painter, a Hispanic 
a Hispanic paint. He like he had. I think he spoke very broken English, and he wanted to try out the gun. He'd never seen a paint gun before, so he helped me paint the table. Yeah, just like it was meant to be. And then our next door neighbor, who we've met a lot, and he lives there with his daughter and his granddaughter and his great granddaughter and his wife. And I had he had retired recently. I had no idea that every hour on the hour he takes a smoking break. Basically, he comes out his front door and he smokes. Mm-hmm. So this whole time I'm painting, he keeps coming out, checking on me, telling me how proud he is of me. And I mean, all these conversations we've since the boys love our our neighbor across the street, Jeff. He has a dog, Bella, that they want to hang out with all the time. Like none of this would have happened if it hadn't have been for you posting about the turquoise table. And I just feel like it's the beginning. Like now it's hot outside. We aren't out there as much. But right. I really think this fall and – I don't know. I'm really excited about it. And I um, I thank you for, you know, following God's lead and ordering that table from Lowe's. Well, it's know. interesting, you know, because he obviously has bigger plans and, and a design for it um, than I could ever even imagine. Because yeah. I would never have thought of the turquoise table. And um, so it's it's been fun. And, and your story and my stories and those that people are, you know, emailing and telling me about. I mean, they're all so similar. And it just it just goes back to, you know, we're hungry for that relationship. Mm. And yeah. um, we don't know our neighbors anymore um, mm. on an intimate level. Um, and, you know, and, and God wants us to. He tells us yeah. to. And it's 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 just a, it's been a very um, approachable, wonderful, winsome way um, to live out the command to love him and to love others. So great. So you said you have coffee out there. You say you have front porch Fridays. Yes. What's been your favorite thing to do? Like, give me some ideas of things I can do at my table. Well, you know, well, this is really funny. My friend, my um, sister-in-law actually sent me as a thank you note and um, a, a Harry and David box. And this Harry and David box of, of pears and some some crackers and cheese came. And I was like, it's happy hour in a box. And so, I mean, I guess now I'm just, everything I see is like an opportunity to go outside. You know, so mm-hmm. I texted a couple of my neighbors and said, oh my gosh, you know, gosh, I just got this Harry and David box. Come help me eat, you know? And so they did. And it's just, um, the the most organic things have been the best. Um, You know, I had a neighbor last week email me and say, I really need time at the turquoise table with you. And I said, I'm actually out here right now if you want to come down. And she said, I just got the boys to sleep. Yes, I do. And, you know, it was a 20 minute conversation, but um, we both needed that conversation. And, you know, that she wouldn't have come inside, you know, with me in my pajamas already upstairs, you know, Mm. on a a Wednesday night. And Mm. so it's just... It's um, it's it's just a way to be more open and more vulnerable and just available, um, yeah. you know, to those who are in our very midst, right in front of our eyes. Mm. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I think that um, God's really placed a burden on my heart for this giant chasm that mm. exists between the church and the broken and how rarely we cross over and there's just very few bridges that we've built um, over to the broken world to shine a light in really dark places. And I, I know for me that that, that is my personal burden, not that everyone needs to feel that. And so this was just a small tangible, like you said, go small, go deep um, thing to kind of cross the chasm and, 
and create relationships. So, well, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, when, you know, I spend a lot of time in ministry as do you, and, you know, I was overlooking one of the biggest mission fields, you know, of all, and it's right in my very front yard. And, you know, and it's, you know, I'm not going to walk across the street and ring the doorbell and say, Hey, do you know Jesus? Because, you know, that would just be weird. Um, The only time you can do it is Halloween. And then we're not supposed to do that. Right. No, exactly. Right. And so, you know, but there's something that I don't even need to say when my neighbor comes who I do not know. And I don't know if she's the last time she was ever in church or if she even desires to go to church. But when she sits down and she has the kind of conversation, you know, that we just had, you know, that may be the the only window to the cross that she sees or or her feels, Uh, you know, and I didn't mention Jesus's name. I didn't have to, you know, Um, and, and if, and when there's that trust um, and, it will come. It will come. Um, and to think that, you know, a turquoise table might play a part in that is, is only, um, is only God. So, so good. And thank you for sharing all your stories with us today. I've just loved having you you. on. You are a joy and a pleasure and y'all should check out definitely. What's the name of your site again? Tell everyone. just kristenshell.com. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-S-C-H-E-L-L. And I will put that in the show notes, but um, y'all check it out. She has lots of great recipes and good ideas and just shares family life and are and just, you know, mom, mom to many. So yes. lots of different and, stages to write about. And I am getting ready to start a newsletter for the turquoise table and there's a place to oh, sign up for that. So, um, great. so you'll be in the know when it officially launches, we're working hard behind the scenes, um, you know, to make these ideas and um, encouragements available. That's awesome. That's so great. So great. Love it. Thank you, friend. What a joy. Oh, you're great. So great. I hope it inspires lots to to do whatever they can in their little corner of the world. So thank you so much. And have a great rest of your day. Well, thanks so much, Heather. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.